Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. Second edition of Late Night Reds Talk with myself and Nicholas Kirby, writer of Red Leg Nation himself. So we made it. We, we are now a two. If I recall correctly in terms of baseball, if you get two in a row, that's a hitting streak, right? I think so. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I'll take it. So, uh, Nick, I kind of thought this would be a good time since we're now just eight days away from opening day. How beautiful does that sound, by the way? Just just, just so good to hear. Um Maybe we could take this week and kind of talk about, you know, next week we're going to do our big opening day preview, obviously. I want to kind of take some time this week to kind of discuss about how we kind of feel the team fares throughout the rest of the division. Um, obviously, the NL Central's offseason was one that was extremely unique, where you didn't see a ton of teams make a ton of moves, and all of a sudden the Cardinals get Nolan Arenado. Um, you know, some of those big-time Cubs players from their Theo Epstein run are now gone, like Hugh Darvish, Kyle Schwarber, so on and so forth, and then – um, the Pirates are just – I don't know if you can qualify them as a Major League Baseball team right now with all the guys they have, though I am really excited to see Cabrian Hayes play. Um, so when you kind of look at the division as a whole, you know, everyone seems to think the Cardinals are the favorite. I tend to agree with that uh, at the moment. Um, but there's – you know, there's got to be some optimism for the Reds, especially playing in this division with, like I said, before the Nolan Arenado move, it's like no one really did anything else. Yeah, I mean, so I guess you start with like what what happened in 2020. Uh, you know, the Cubs won the division, but the Cubs lost more than anyone else. You know, they lost more than the Reds. Um, I mean, Dar you losing Darvish and Bauer is a wash, but then the the Cubs lost um, Lester. Um, um, they lost a lot of other pieces. So, um, so I I think that the Reds just by virtue of not losing as much as them probably gained some ground on the Cubs. Um, the Reds and Cardinals were dead even last year. Um, yeah, the Cardinals technically had that like .001 ahead because they didn't have to play all their games for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Reds and Cardinals were dead even. Um, you know, I would say, yeah, the Cardinals are probably favorites, but I think it's, I think it's slight. I don't think it's, uh, I don't think this is this, this massive gap. Um, I think the Brewers are right there too. I mean, the Brewers, they were one of the eight playoff teams. They were right in the mix last year. Um, yeah. The Brewers pitching is really sneaky good. Um, they don't have, like, the, the Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray really at the top, but they're, I think, a lot deeper um, than anyone else in the division. I think the Reds have the best pitching, um, but the Reds are a little more, I, I feel, top-heavy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, everyone's like, okay, well, it's just going to be a fight to whoever wins the division. Well, sometimes when you have a weak division, and when you have a team that that is is a real bottom feeder in the Pirates, um, if one of these other NL Central teams, um, 
has a bad year. You know, if, if one of these teams just get decimated by injuries and they're another, you know, uh, 90 loss team, you know, you could see two teams from the NL Central getting in the playoffs just simply out of, you know, some, someone's got to win these interdivision games. Um, so I, I don't think it's like crazy to think that, that that two teams from the Central will will get in. I think there will be at least one one team in the Central fighting for a wild card spot. Um, but yeah, I think it's a close race. I think it it it's gonna you know probably come down to you know who has the fewer injuries, who has the most things go right, you know who has the the the, the Nixon Zell that 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 has a breakout season. I think it probably comes down to that, and it's just a lot of you have to wait and see, which you know I think makes it exciting. It does. I completely agree. You mentioned, you know, with Milwaukee being a little deeper. Yeah, I would agree. I think the Reds talent wise, especially at the top, you know, like you said, you know, it's going to be hard to compete in a best of three if it gets to that, you know, with Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray. You know, it's pretty hard to kind of get through those two guys. And so, you know, I'll talk about Milwaukee. Obviously, you know, Brandon Woodruff was really good. He had an awesome year last year, you know, was kind of really maybe became the team's ace. Um, you talk about other guys in that division. You know, obviously, looking around, uh, Jack Flaherty has been huge for St. Louis. I can't believe Adam Wainwright is still pitching in the majors. Like, that's amazing to me. Um, kudos to him, but that kind of blows my mind. And then uh, kind of going to that bullpen, I know looking at your projections you had that you posted today, it showed that Amir Garrett as, like, fourth as the uh, your top reliever. You had Lucas Sins actually as the number one, number two. Number one, second reliever is what I meant. And then Sean Doolittle is the second, number three. Um, what does that kind of tell you overall for this group as far as like the rotation and then the bullpen, how you feel, where, where your feelings are with them? Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think the Reds, um, I think the Reds have the best rotation. I think Milwaukee's a little bit deeper, but I would take the Reds just because, now this is assuming Gray pitches most of the year. So, right. you know, we're going to hold our breath that he is, I don't know how many times we've heard, oh, this guy's going to be ready two weeks into the season, and then three months later, you know, it's, you know, like the Alex Wood situation. Um, so, so I, you know, assuming Gray and Castillo pitch most of the year, I like the Reds a little bit better. Maybe that's a homer. Um, if so, yeah, sue me. Um, the Brewer, you know, I, I like the Reds' bullpen. You know, I mean, the Brewers with, with Hayter and Williams, I mean, that's just – right. You don't want to, you don't want to be trailing or in a tie game with the Brewers in the seventh inning when those guys are are resting. But remember, Great Council has a pretty strict policy where he does not like to pitch those guys. I think three days in a row. Um, so hopefully, you know, when you play the Brewers, you know they've those guys have pitched back to back games. Um, you know, fighting with the Cardinals or whoever you know whoever they were playing. Um, so yeah, I mean. I, Garrett, his projections aren't good just because, you know, War does not like him because he has walked a lot of guys. Uh, Amir Garrett, when he is on, is electric. He is incredible, but he walks too many guys. Um, so he, he's got to find a way to, um, you know, he, he can't, if, if you're a guy that, 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 that walks guys, you're not just going to magically become a, um, a, a control pitcher. He can't do that without, you know, I think losing some of his, uh, um, his upside, but he's got to cut down the walk some. If he does, he's he's great. I'm like I talked last week. I love Lucas Sims. Um, I think Lucas Sims is uh, 
um, a really, really good reliever. I think he could be getting close to the hater level by the end of the year. That that may be a bold prediction. Um, I don't know what to expect out of Doolittle. Um, he got really roughed up this spring. I think his last outing, he looked pretty good. Um, you know, I, I just honestly out of Doolittle, I hope he's a, I hope he's a league average reliever. If he is, you know, hey, that 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 would that would, that would feel pretty good with me. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I think the Reds have a lot of other pieces. It looks like Antone's going to start in the bullpen. So we I saw that. Antone. Antone's not even, you know, like on that list. Um, but Antone's, I mean, got got electric stuff. And if he's only pitching an inning, two innings at a time, whew, I mean, he can be really lethal. So, I mean, that's four, I feel, really quality relievers. Um, and then, I, you know, I like some of the other guys, you know, a little deeper down. So, yeah, I, mean, I think the Reds have a solid pen. Um, I wouldn't say they're as good as the, the Brewers just because, you know, the Brewers, the Brewers uh, bullpen is like the Reds rotation. It's it's super top-heavy, but that's a great thing because they're really, really good. It, it's like they kind of flip-flop the, the rotation in the bullpen. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, I know just put in the chat real quick. I want to say what's up, Parker, Sean, Carlos. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Carlos coming back for a second week, so he must have liked, liked us the first time. So definitely appreciate what's it. <laughs> yeah. So let's go through the positioners because – Here's one thing, and look, I, you know, service time and all this stuff, we know how that goes. Looking at your projections, I noticed at second base, you had one Jonathan India listed there. Um, it seems like, you know, with everything you're hearing in spring training, it seems like he's going to be part of the roster this year. Is that something where in your eyes, are you putting that in because you feel like he's going to be their opening day? Or do you feel like this is so they can get that service time? Maybe he's a May call up. Like, I don't know if you've seen, but Kansas City fans are losing their mind right now that Bobby Witt Jr. is not starting with at the beginning of the season. Um, well, I, I put this out, uh, you know, I think a few days ago. Um, it, it, just because Jonathan India is, starts the season on the opening day roster doesn't mean the Reds still won't manipulate his service time. True. Um, you can't it later on um you they you don't have to you, you know you don't have to have your three whatever weeks down um at the beginning of the year it could be in the middle of the year um it seems likely india will probably some slump at some point um you know i highly doubt jonathan india is gonna come up and you know hit great all year um i remember amir garrett i think it was 17 maybe he came up he was incredible, like for three weeks, and he had like one bad start, and they demoted him um, um, for service time. So, like, I could see, like, you know, maybe that being the India situation. Um, but yeah, I mean, every sign points to that's what they're going with. Um, so until I hear otherwise, or until you know we start seeing uh, uh, Suarez move back to third base, you know, in spring training games, I'm going to assume India is the, the 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 starting second baseman, and I would take the the war projection for him with a grain of salt because uh, Zip's projections never, never gives a rookie um, really any light of day. So his projection is pretty much honestly worthless. Um, um, but he, yeah, he could be good. He could be, he could be bad. I, he, we're going to have no idea until he starts, um, you know, playing games. Well, I have a lot of India stock right now. Um, I've been going on eBay and getting as many rookie cards as I possibly can. So I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping, Nick, that uh, we get a really good Jonathan India. Like, oh, it seems to, we seem to be getting this spring training. Um, but, yeah, you know, you bring up a really good point as far as, you know, how you can manipulate service time and, you know, the call-ups and the send-downs. And I know a lot of people kind of point to the whole Mike Leak thing because he skipped the majors and a lot of people, you know, always bring that as up as a reference. 
11 years later. I don't really get that. Um, that's neither here nor there, though. So um, let's kind of look specifically. When you look at this group, and we know, you know, you brought up a ton of points about the defense and where it could really struggle. And, you know, this move for Suarez to kind of get get India's bat in the lineup and get Moose back to a more comfortable position, maybe it's a good thing for this team as far as, like, hitting-wise. And, you know, I saw like, a lot of people were kind of talking about Joey Votto. He just came back to spring training after uh, his COVID absence. And you're seeing – you're hearing him talk a lot about, well, I'm going to hit for power this year. My goal is to hit for power. It really seems like he's kind of sacrificed a little bit more to try to get more of those – more up, more balls in the pop in the air. So when you kind of look at the infield specifically, what are some things that jump out to you? What are some things that excite you about this group? I, mean, I think it's a really good infield. You know, I think if, if India hits league average, you know, which that might be a bit of a, an ask for, you know, someone who – who hasn't it didn't even get to play in the minors last year? Um, if he is close to the league, I think it's a really good infield. You know, we know I, I talked last week at nauseum about how much I think Suarez is going to just get back to his 2019 self. Me too. Um, Dacus, I mean, he's he's every year he's been an above average hitter, and then Votto had an 800 OPS last year. Um, if you really dig into the splits with Votto, um, he's had three three years where he really um, um, has hit very well against right-handed pitching. Um, it's just the left-handed pitching that he struggles against. So there's not that many left-handed starters in the division. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I I think it's a really good infield. Um, maybe not a, 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 an elite infield, but I think compared to the rest of the division, I think it's probably, you know, close to as good as anyone else. Um, you know, maybe probably Goldschmidt and Arenado. Um and, you know, De Young, that that's probably better. But I think the Reds have a pretty good infield. Yeah, I do too. I think when I look, especially like you, know, you talked about, the, you know, everything the Cubs got lost. Uh, you're seeing obviously Rizzo still there, Baez is still there, Bryant's still there. But, you know, it's that whole like, and I, it's hard to not like Wilson Contreras. It's like that's like their kind of their leaning point now, right? Because I lost all these guys, but that's the core group they kept together. And it's like, how can they keep that group up for 162 days? We saw Rizzo really kind of have his and out struggles. Uh, and it's, like we said, it's really hard to dictate, you know, a 60-game season. Um, but I do feel really strongly that the Cubs might have the, you know, really good infield. I wouldn't know if I'd go as far as the best. Um, but I don't think the Reds are too far behind them. And if people in our chat room say I'm crazy, I totally get it. Maybe I am. Um, but, you know. Do I think Wilson Contreras is better than Tucker Barnhart? Yes. Do I think Tyler Stevenson has a tendency to be who could be a really special player and maybe kind of take this Tucker Barnhart thing like we talked about last week? Absolutely. So um, kind of going position by position, would you say Contreras is still the best catcher in the Central as far as hitting-wise? Or do you think there's someone else in the division that kind of gives him a run for his money? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say Wilson Contreras. Yeah. He's, he's, he's proven it, you know. Um, um you know, I, I think Molina kind of Molina is an above average, uh, I mean, uh, sorry, <laughs> well below average hitter. Um, uh, I think Jacob Stallings is the Pirates guy. He's not, you know, he's not very good. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, Tucker Barnhart is um, 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 at least probably the third best catcher in the division. And um, yeah, I don't think Tucker Barnhart's really anything special. But um, yeah, I mean, it's not a not a strong core. You know, ever everyone in the division, um, but um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think the Reds are, are competitive catcher wise compared to the division. Yeah, I do too. I think like when you look at it, I think first base is just so loaded in this division. 
Um, you kind of like when you put your projections up, it showed Votto as fifth of five, which is insane. I know he's 37, had a down year, but like you look at the rest of this group and you're like, oh, you know, you know, obviously Rizzo, Goldie, Kishin Hira, and Colin Moran for Pittsburgh, who everyone's still kind of waiting to see really just kind of blow up after his like excellent college career. He's you'll kind of see what he could be. So that first base kind of seems really interesting to me as far as how deep it is throughout the division. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely have Votto ahead of uh, uh, Moran. Um, I would too, yeah. But yeah, I mean, those other three, I mean, there's no shame in being fourth in the, the NL Central um, at, you know, what is, what, how old is Votto? Is he 38? I feel like hopefully I'm not like completely butchering that. 37, uh, I'm going to say. 37, 37. <laughs> I, I, I had my head some reason I said 38. Um, actually, he will be 38 this year in September. So he will be 38 at some point this year. Um um, so yeah, I, mean, I don't think there's any shame in being fourth behind Rizzo, Goldschmidt, and um, no. um, Hira. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, first base is just it's it's loaded. Yeah, for sure. And we we can go through all of this. Obviously, uh, I'm kind of talking about the different spots. So, who is kind of the? Is there anyone in the central particularly you kind of see taking the next step? Reds or not Reds? Who can really kind of? You talked about like someone who's just going to make this major difference. Yes, Sean Votto does still bang. We saw the hashtag. We greatly appreciate it, man. Um, <laughs> where do you, is there someone you know? What someone that I, someone that I see taking off in the division. Yeah. Um. I mean, well, I mean, uh, it feels like probably the the cop out answer would be uh, maybe uh, Dylan Carlson. Um, um. He wasn't that great last year, but he he's one of the top prospects in baseball. Um, so yeah, obviously him, I mean, the pirates have like 50 guys that are, you know, in their first year. So maybe one of those guys, you know, have a, have a breakout season, but I don't know how much that'll really, uh, 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 matter for them. I'm kind of looking through, um, I mean, really the Central's a lot of established guys. Yeah. Um, the Cardinals are nobody who really has, you know, younger guys with Carlson. They got Tyler O'Neill. um, the NL Central is like the bounce back division. I feel like like Javier Javier Baez, you know, had a really bad year last year. You know, Suarez, Arenado was terrible last year. Um, Chris Bryant was really bad last year um, in the sixty game season. Uh, Musakis was wasn't wasn't you know. So there's just so many guys that are just like bounce back guys. Um, but yeah, there's not a lot of lot of super. I don't feel like, you know, guys that are up and coming. Um, hopefully guys like, like Tommy Edmond, you know, that kind of had this like kind of out of nowhere, you know, breakout. Hopefully they kind of fall back down to earth. Um, that would really help the Reds. So since we kind of mentioned, I just looked up the uh, the win lines for all the, all the teams in the Central. Right now the Pirates' win line is 58 and a half. <laughs> I guess I'd take the over just because I, I feel like it's 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 really hard to, to win in sixty games. I mean, um, ugh, that's, <laughs> that's, tough. that's tough. Well, yeah, like you said, there's so many first year players. Like I've done, you know, I, I'm a big fantasy baseball guy, so I, I look at the numbers. Like I'm excited about the idea of Cabrian Hayes kind of being this big time player, but it's like they're literally my least favorite franchise in sports. Like I do oh, yeah. not want to see this succeed. Like I just, I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully they'll they'll play decent against the other four teams. I mean, they're definitely a team to root for um, when they're not playing the Reds, um, just because you know they're not going to be competing for a playoff spot. So any win the Pirates give you against uh, any of the other teams uh, 
you, you want that for sure. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Let's kind of talk about the outfield real quick. Uh, we got some interesting news today that an arbitrator said that Aristides Aquino is now out of options. Um, you know, obviously he spent a lot of time at the alternate site last year. You know, Shogo Akiyama has been hurt. We're still kind of waiting to see what happens with him. Uh, Winker, who we talked about last week, had just a really good season last year. That 388 OBP was my, was awesome. Uh, you and I both expressed we're still pretty high on Nick Senzel. We still really believe in his skill set. And then, obviously, you know, looking at the rest, you know, the right field, there's options, you know, and that's that's not a bad thing to have specifically in the outfield. Um, you know, with guys going down, guys driving for balls here. But it still feels like it's young. But when you look at, like, what they have going in the future, um, it just seems like there's a lot to be And obviously, Nick Castellanos, who um, I know the batting average wasn't super attractive last year, but the fact they played a 60-game season, he had 14 home runs. It's uh, pretty pretty amazing to see what they could do. Like, I feel like offensively upside, there's they're really a lot to be excited about. Like you said, like this is a team that had nothing go for them last year at, at, at the plate, but still were amongst the best National League teams in OPS. Um, so when you talk about this group, like I really think Castellanos is going to be awesome this year. And there's a lot of upside there offensively, but obviously the big the offense. The other concern is definitely, you know, making sure balls don't hit the ground in the outfield. And I don't know if this team's going to be the best at that by any means. Yeah, hopefully Sinzel uh, uh, brings his glove and uh, he's ready to, to run because uh, the corners aren't very good. Um, um, but, yeah, I mean, I, on Aquino, I, I think it would be nuts if he's not on the opening day roster unless right. they trade. I just I can't imagine you would just let him go. Someone's going to pick him up. I mean, um, there's teams like the Pirates that they could throw him out in the outfield and see what happens, um, you know. Um, so, I also I wouldn't be stunned if they did if they did you know pull off some last minute trade you know to get something for him if they they, they want to go another direction but if they don't I mean I imagine he's going to be on the roster um, I hate to have a guy you know just sit and yeah, rot for a lack of a better word um, but if he's out of options out of options you know there's there's not much else you can do you're going to have to put him on the roster. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like I, I, Winker and Castellanos are really, really good hitters. Um, and then since you know, if Sinzel, uh, um, you know, kind of has that big year, I mean, yeah, the Reds could have could have as good of an outfield as anyone else in the division. Um, um, I think Jason Hayward, I, <laughs> Jason Hayward, always to me, the last like five years feels like the uh, uh, you know, I like war, but like he feels like the 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 reason to not believe in war. Um, because like I, I just I don't see how he's like the best right fielder in the division, right. um, second best outfielder in the uh, in the division total like in in, in projected WAR I just, I just don't see it. Um, uh, but yeah, he's a guy you put a left-handed you know reliever out there, he's pretty much an automatic out. Um, so yeah, yeah, I don't I don't really see that. But yeah, I mean I think the Reds have a competitive outfield, and you know hopefully. Hopefully they all stay healthy because they really don't have a lot of depth unless Aquino, um, you know, does, you know, have a, you know, kind of a breakout or break back or whatever you want to say back to his 2019 season. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, I think a lot of people when they kind of look at him and they're like, talk about his inconsistencies, it's hard to forget, it's hard to remember just because of that, you know, after the Yasiel Puig trade, obviously he had that incredible month where he was, you know, the best hitter in baseball for a month. Um He's only played 80 major league games. He's got 21 homers in 80 major league games. Like, that's pretty awesome. 
So, yeah, I think, you know, the upside still, you know, like you said, like opposite of the options, he's going to be on the team, um, whether it's, you know, the fifth bat, you know, the fourth outfielder, the DH when they play against, you know, when they play in American League teams. Um, I'm all for it. I think that there's just such, you know, you got to keep that skill set up there. Um, and obviously, like, just maybe that's just me being romantic about the fun we had that post plea trade and just how crazy he went. Like, I would go to games every night just about to see him hit homers, and he would. Um, you know, so it, it's hard to kind of see, like, what his future can hold, especially because it seems like those corners, like you said, kind of feel like they're, like, set in stone. But I, I'm excited for Aquino. I feel like he's going to give us something. You know, maybe it's 13, 14 home runs off the bench. I'm cool with that. I don't need him to hit, 70, you know, 35 homers off the bench. If he did, that'd be terrific. I don't know if anyone's done that. Um, but also, like, you know, you mentioned Nick Senzel. And I think you and I had a very similar reaction. We were kind of talking earlier this spring. They were playing the Diamondbacks, and they were on – it was a televised game. And he was, like, the first inning, and he hit a bomb. And I think you and I both went, okay, I'm not going to get excited about this. I can't get excited about this. And then you're like, but if this is what this is going to be, you know, because I still believe like there's, you know, obviously there was a reason he went so high as he did in the draft. We know the talent level certainly there. It's just waiting for him to catch on. And I feel like he definitely has the ability to do just that. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like Sinzel and Mally, that's the two, the two guys that, you know, if you, if you want to look at two guys and look at their end of season numbers in 2021, look at those two guys if if Mally has an ERA like below four and Senzel has an OPS above eight hundred, Reds probably have a good year. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of other things that you know go, have to go right or not go right, whatever. But I feel like if you want two guys to look at, okay, how, where did the Red season go? Those are probably the, the two guys to look at, you know, because they just have I, I feel like the highest degree of of uh, you know variance on if they they have a good year or or you know they 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 they, they don't take that step forward. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, you know, like we talked about the rotation, talked about the bullpen. We've kind of gone through the position groups, how they compare to the rest of the division. Um, where, you know, let's kind of go through this real quick and kind of say, like, if we had to kind of pick how we thought the division would go, if, you know, obviously eight days for opening day, anything can happen. You know, God forbid Nolan Arenado could get hurt, you know, spring training tomorrow. And then all of a sudden he's out 60 days. Not that, you know, that, that obviously sucks for the Cardinals. But – Everyone healthy right now, what we're looking at so far in the Central with what we have in front of us, where do you feel the Reds will potentially end, where they will stand amongst the division, that group? All right, so here's here's my 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 bold prediction, but I'm going to I'm gonna have a little more layered, okay? I like uh, it. I, I, I have a, a theory, okay? So I think the Cubs pitching is awful, and I think it is just going to kill them. I hope I, I'm hoping a little bit, but but their pitching's really really bad. Um, starting rotation one through five relievers, they are really really bad. So I'm hoping that just absolutely decimates them in the first half. And when we get to the trade deadline, the Cubs are sellers. I mean, Bryant's a free agent. Um, is Bias a free agent, or does he have two years left? They have a lot of guys that are you know either have one year or two years left. They're going to be big sellers. Reds played 10 of their games against the Cubs after, oh, I just had it, after, like, July 26. So, like, right before the trade deadline. So, the Cubs are going to be big sellers. By the time the Reds play those 10 games against the Cubs, Cubs are going to have a, a, a prospect-ish team. Uh, maybe not, like, full prospect. They'll still have, like, Rizzo and, you know, but but they're not going to be 
as good. So I'm I'm going to bank on the Reds getting those extra couple extra words from the Cubs. I'm going to say that the Reds and Cardinals are the last two teams standing. The Brewers are, are right there. I'm going to say the Reds edge out the Cardinals um, the final weekend of the season. Um, yeah, Reds, uh, Reds clinch on the last day of the year in Pittsburgh against the Pittsburgh Pirates. That was very layered. You were you were not lying. <laughs> I like it. So I'm optimistic. I'm excited. I feel like if you know everything, they're going to get more luck this year than they did the plate last year. Obviously, um, one of those just being the fact they're going to have time to get in rhythm. Uh, I believe that you know if they had more than 60 games last year, the way things were going after Shogo kind of started getting hot, um, you saw the offense get a little bit better. Obviously, that's not how the playoffs ended. Uh, we never have to talk about that ever again. Um, but <laughs> as high as I am on the team, and I think they could be really good, um, you're seeing this young talent go up and down. Um, I kind of still feel like they're just slightly behind St. Louis. Um, <gasps> I, I hate to say it. I do. I do. Uh, but, you know, with Goldie and Arenado, you know, Paul DeYoung, I just feel like, you know, those guys are probably going to give them a little bit more bang for their buck. Um, it's hard to not, you know, be impressed by the talent of guys like Jack Flaherty. Uh, he's always been really good for them for, you know, for, since he's been in the majors. So I just feel like they just kind of have a slight bit there, but that's not to say if I thought the Reds kind of went out there and they did beat St. Louis and Milwaukee, those teams, I'd be shocked. Uh, just right now, I feel like I got to kind of go with the culture that is St. Louis as much as it pains me. And look, everyone dropped out of the room right after I said that. <laughs> Yeah, um, the Cardinals. I mean, with, with them, it's just it's it's. I guess how good is their rotation going to be? Yeah, um, they're banking on guys like um, uh, Carlos Martinez that hasn't even really been a fixture in their rotation. Um, so they have a lot of. I mean, I feel like they have it like you know one through five. They're all Flaherty's really good, um, but you know two through five. I feel like you know they're they're all pretty good, but how good are they? You know, if they're if they're mediocre, you know, two through five, I think that gives the Reds a, a pretty good chance. Um, but if you know, if, if Kim and Michaelis and, and Martinez are all good, it's really going to be an uphill battle for the Reds. So I, I just it depends how how good you know you know those guys are. Yeah, it's it's awful. I hate saying everything about that what I just said, but um, you know. I do feel like this is going to be Nick Senzel's breakout year, though. I really feel good about the Nick Senzel run this year, if he's healthy. Yeah, yeah, got to stay on the field. Yeah, for sure. Yes, that's exactly. Well, we got a few more minutes here. Um, so Parker, Sean, Carlos, Jeff, Will, uh, if you guys want to ask us anything, you can f- click that request to speak. I'm sure Nick and I are happy to answer a couple questions. Got anything in the chat you want to send our way? By all means. Um, so yeah, you know we're we're happy we're doing this. We're glad you guys are joining us. Um, you know, so. By all means, just click that request to speak, and we'll let you on. Not all at once. Yeah, not all at once, though. We gotta, we gotta tame, the, we gotta tame the zoo, obviously. Um, <laughs> yeah, Oof. I can't believe I, I literally looked it up while we were talking. Fifty-eight and a half. I don't know if I've ever seen a major league win like team have that low of a like a win line. I don't think I ever have. There can't be that that few. And, and, and fifty eight and a half in a in a relatively weak division too. It's not like they're you right. know they're with the Dodgers and or, or in the you know 
a division with the the Yankees, Red Sox, and Rays when they're all good. Um, I mean, that, that's fifty eight in a week division. Woo. Yeah, because I saw like Fox did their projections, which are always miserable. Um, and they said for the AL, they had it was um, the Yankees winning the East, which I kind of expected they would. Um, I think they had. I can't remember they had one in the AL Central. I want to say it was the White Sox. Yeah, it was the White Sox. Everyone loves Luis Robert this year. I, I think he'll be pretty good, though. And then they had the Angels winning the West. And then the NL, they had the Cardinals, the Dodgers, and the Braves. And I was kind of like – I thought the only thing I kind of was like kind of taken back by was the way that it kind of like – I think that's kind of the general. But it's still weird seeing the Angels as far as the favorites in the division because it's like – as incredible as Mike Trout has, I still feel like we've been waiting for that, like, super playoff moment, considering I think he's at, like, what, 10 postseason at-bats? Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, uh, can you um, can you requ- um, invite Carlos to speak? He yeah. said he's not able to request. See if maybe that'll work. Carlos yeah, just sit one to him. All right, Carlos, there you go, bud. Try it again. Invite to speak. Yeah, just send it to him. If anyone else has any questions, you know, put it in the chat if you want. Yeah. It's so funny we started talking about doing this a couple weeks ago. Like, it's one thing that, like, we, like, have people here, which is awesome. But people hang the whole time. Like, I thought it would be, like, a thing where people check in. But, like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. But, like, it's been cool. Like, we've been having people in, like, these, like, for, like four or five people in here throughout the whole time. Like, really neat for this, like, side idea we had. Uh, yeah, for some reason it's not working. I'll see if uh, Carlos will just send us his question. You could also at me on uh, the old Twitter if you got a question. <laughs> you just I do feel, the... yeah. So we when we like planned this, I felt so bad that the guy who does Locked On Reds sketches for the exact same time. I was like, ah, oh, crap. It's like I did not intend to do that. So I, I think I got it. I owe him an apology. I think we did it first, though. Yeah, I think we did. <laughs> I'll dare not have our schedule. Yes. <laughs> Yes. It's been set in stone. He had Nightingale on his pod the other night. It was actually pretty good. Oh, wow. Bobby? Yeah. Yeah. No hot takes like his his pops, though, right? I think he said something about, like, he could see Votto hitting 25 homers this year. Yeah. He he had 14 last year. Yeah. I mean, 14 times two. Yeah, I I mean, that's... Yeah. Let's go 30. Let's go real big. Yeah, let's do it. That's our that's our prop bets next week for people who are going to come back. Uh, we're going to do our over-under picks for these crazy went... stats. Let's not go 30. <laughs> I was trying to think, 40. like, Griffey's 37-year-old season was 2007. Ooh, okay, we got a good question here from Will in the chat. What do you guys wish the Reds did this past offseason? Um, I think the uh, the obvious is going to be shortstop, right? 
Yeah, yeah, which they would have gotten shortstop. Uh, so they weren't putting in a guy at shortstop that, you know, uh, they have no idea how good he's going to be or not and if he's going to be able to catch the ball. And um, Yeah, yeah, I mean, they, they should have got a shortstop. Um, I guess if you want me to be more specific, I wish they would have got uh, Marcus Simeon. I thought he was the best value. Um, 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 I have a hard time believing. I think he got $18 million. I have a hard time believing if the Reds offered him $20 million, he wouldn't have accepted that to play shortstop uh, for one year as opposed to going to Toronto to play second base. Um, because I would think that his value would increase by by um, um, playing shortstop as opposed to playing second base. So, I mean, unless he just really hates Skyline Chili, I have no idea why um, he wouldn't. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not like this, like, Bob Castellini's the devil, you know, yeah. he should be – Dodgers like I think that's ridiculous like we it is Cincinnati it is one of the smallest markets um they get a pass for some of it but uh I don't know not being able to afford 20 million for a shortstop with everything else you spent I don't feel like that would have killed them so I guess that's my biggest thing um a little more low-key like I wish they would have uh ponied up and paid Di Scalfani like six million too um I feel like he, but I feel like he's going to be the one at the end of the year, especially with numbers he's going to put up in San Francisco. I feel like people are going to be like, "Oh wow, yeah, we yeah. write him off after like eight starts," you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess that would be the two, the two things that 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 I, I think the most. We got another good question here too. Do you want to read it? Yeah, it's from Sean. He said, "Do you guys think the emergence of India and Suarez being the shortstop could eliminate the need for a, a shortstop during the season?" Or do you think they could still look for one if they're in the hunt the deadline? So my pipe dream answer to that is, I don't know if you have a subscription to The Athletic, um, but there's that article going on right now about just like how terrible of a franchise the Rockies are right now. And everyone's kind of talking about the whole Arenado thing and how it was like really kind of kept under wraps. I'm like, if this keeps up and they're just still this bad, do the Reds have enough to throw at them to get Trevor Story? Yeah, I mean, especially for two months. I mean, he's not going to be worth worth much for, for two months. Um, especially now, teams just don't give as much up in prospect capital as they used to. Right. So, like, three, five years ago for two months would have cost you a lot more than now. Teams are smarter not to blow up their team for two months. Um, um, so, yeah, I mean, I think absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, you also got to consider, you know, there could be a big – a big injury at some point that that would would you know let you put Sinzel back at third base. Let's just say you know and I don't want to put any evil on Mike Mustakas. Let's just say Mike Mustakas gets hurt. Um, um, then you could have and, and India does perform. You could have Suarez back at third, India at second base, and you know bring in um, um, you know Story or whoever else. Yeah, there'll be there'll be plenty of shortstops. I feel like probably available to deadline. So yeah, I don't think that that. That alleviates just because there could be an injury. Um, India could not hit. I mean, there's there's so many you know you know variables to that. You know, they could put India out in left field if an outfielder gets hurt. You know, I mean, there's there's so many different things. I think you know, um, and I think the Reds will probably be more willing to go get a shortstop. Um, um, I don't think that the Reds not getting story was about like them not wanting to give up like the prospects or not even story, but maybe trading for someone else like a Willie Adamas or whoever else. I don't think it was about the prospects. I just don't think the Reds. I don't think the Reds wanted to pay that. I think it was seventeen million. But you know, what, what like a prorated that seven eight million? Yeah, they might be able to swallow that. 
especially if, you know, they're able to get fans in and, you know, build some revenue throughout the season. Yeah, um, I, I I'm one... with you. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah, do you no, have any no, other... by means, uh, Parker Perry had one that I want to touch on real quick. I saw, and we'll get to yours as well. He said uh, he was going to ask, is Suarez moving the shortstop a desperation move or is it an example of India forcing his way into the lineup? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, do I think it's more desperation than like than India? Yes, but I do feel like you're kind of realizing like the Reds, David Bell and company feels like they're most confident and their best hitting wise might be with Jonathan India in the lineup. Um, so that would be my if I, I I hate to kind of give like a down the line answer, Parker, but I do kind of feel like it's a little bit of both in that circumstance. Yeah, I, I got to agree with you, too, just because I didn't – like, India was not on my radar to make the opening day roster. Like, if you would have told me two months ago Jonathan India is is going to be on the opening day roster, um, I would have said, what? Like, there's no way. Like, uh, so, yeah, I do think he, he forced them, but it, it's still a desperation move. Um, um, because if you would have got a shortstop, you wouldn't have had to do that. And maybe you, you know – Maybe India looks at, at at playing somewhere else if if he does have this breakout, or or maybe he, he even with the breakout still starts the year and um well they're not, not having Triple A to start the year, but he starts the year um uh, going to the minor league camp and um you know um and, and if he continues to show you, then maybe he forces your hand into finding a spot for him. But yeah, I, mean, I think it's a combination of I mean it definitely is desperation, but India being the person that you you bring up. Um, um, I don't feel like that, that part of it is desperation. I feel like he completely forced their hand. Yeah. Um, we'll get to Will in a second. Let me get the one from Carlos that, that he sent me, um, um, with Anton going to the pen, what role do you see for him in a close game at the beginning of the season? Um, so I guess I, I, I'm going to, Carlos, correct me if I'm, I'm wrong on this. I guess I'm saying. So let's say Luis Castillo goes. Let's say Luis Castillo goes six innings on opening day. There's only three innings left. Um, I would say they probably. I would say they would probably not use Antone if, like, if if the if they if like Castillo gets into the seventh inning. I think they would use Sims and Garrett. Um, I think Antone's probably going to be more of the, um, you know, Michael Lorenzen, Wade Miley. Jeff Hoffman go four or five innings. Um, I think Anton's going to be used more. And okay, it's a tie game. Reds are up one. Reds are maybe even up two or three. But it, you know they still have to get um, you know fifteen, eighteen outs. I think Anton's going to be the guy that comes in in the fifth, pitches like the fifth into like the seventh. I think that's going to be more, and that's super valuable. Because how many how many times have have we you know seen the Reds um, have, have a starter you know not be able to go deep? You know, maybe they even have a three-run lead, and it, it evaporates because you're, you know, bringing in your your long guy that's not really a major league caliber pitcher. Uh, that's probably more where I see his role, and I think that's super valuable. Um, do you have any thoughts, Tim? Yeah, I was going to say, like, I feel like TJ Anton reminds me of, like, good Alfredo Simon. Like, you remember when, like, yeah. they would sign yeah. those, like, like, three, four innings? He would come in, like, Quater would throw six, and he would come in and throw the rest of the game, like, I feel like he could really – he has the upside to have that role. You could throw him in to be your spot starter when needed. Like, And I still feel like he's going to end up – maybe not this year necessarily, but I really still feel like in his tenure with the Reds, he very well could still end up being in the rotation. But for this year, with how they kind of have everything set up, like 
I don't feel bad or like feel nervous about the idea of TJ Anton being the, you know, Alfredo Simon like role for this team. Yeah, I think he will start this year. Um, um, I, as sad as it is, and I, I again, I don't want to jinx anyone or anything. I know there's going to be a ton of pitching injuries, not just with the Reds, but with all of baseball, with only playing 60 games, guys not being fully stretched out um, after a year. Um, so, yeah, I think there'll be plenty of starts. Um, I, I would be, if I'm, like, going on over under, um, assuming Antone stays healthy all year, I would say he probably makes at least 15 starts, maybe more. Um, um, I just think, I think at some point he will be needed. Um, but yeah, I don't have an issue at all with what they're, they're doing with him right now. Yeah, I don't either. And so Will, Will asked, uh, how did you guys feel about a couple years ago getting rid of Tram, Taylor, Trammell being Taylor Trammell in order to get Trevor Bauer? And this comes up a lot still. Um, it's kind of interesting to me because I feel like, and look, I'm not just saying this about like anyone. So Will, please don't take offense to this. But I feel like our, our our fan base, being the Reds fan base, is always very nervous about moves. Like they're very, well, they want to play things close to the chest. Um, if you remember, let's go back to 2012. It was like, well, you know, how are we going to sign Joey Votto? And then he signs the mass contract. Everyone's like, well, we paid him too much. And it's like, well, that's what we had to do to keep him. And then you know, you that that off season, they go and get Sean Marshall. They go and get you know Matt Latos, who you know people will have mixed reviews on, obviously. But 2012 end of the year, Matt Latos was pretty awesome. I can't take it away from them. Um, and it feels like, you know, in that movie, even people are like, well, we gave up this guy, and this guy, and this guy. So I feel like it's something where people are really cautious about. And I, I, I respect it. Like, I understand it. You know, you're, you root for a small market team. You're nervous about giving up what could potentially be future players. But in that circumstance, like, I feel like it was in front of them and they had to do it. And look, we all saw Trevor Bauer really was up and down that, that half season after the trade deadline. Um, I feel like a lot of that was just kind of getting used to a new environment. Um, and we obviously saw what he did last year in a shortened season. I think Bauer's terrific still. I'm a big fan of his. I hate that he's pitching for the Dodgers. I understand why he's not a red anymore. I'm not mad he's not a red anymore. But, like, I feel like in that circumstance, you knew Puig was kind of declining. I, I feel like 10 times out of 10, I would have done that move. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, what do you want out of the Reds? You want them to give you – give give the team a chance to win the World Series. The Reds had a chance to win the World Series, and I know people are going to be like, well, they didn't score a run in the playoffs. Well, I mean, it was like the first inning, I think Suarez hit a ball that if it would have gone like one foot farther past the shortstop, the Reds score a run, they're up one nothing. Trevor Bauer wasn't giving up a run. They win that game. They're, worst case scenario, they're getting to a game three that sh- that Sonny Gray would have pitched against um, a guy that had made like six major league starts. So... They had a chance to win the World Series last year. Whether people want to believe that or not, they had a chance, probably one of the better chances in my lifetime. You know, um, yeah. 2012 is one that really probably sticks out better to me. Um, maybe 99. But, I mean, like, how many chances do the Reds have where you go, hey, if things go right in the playoffs, they really could win the World Series. And they had a chance last year. It didn't work out, just like it didn't work out in 2012. But that's all you can ask that the front office does is give you a chance to win the World Series. Didn't happen last year, but yeah, I make that that trade every time. That trade could not have worked out more perfectly for the Reds. And, and as I've mentioned before, the Reds are going to get a compensation pick for Bauer that's going to be picked almost in the exact same spot that you picked Taylor Trammell. Now, yeah, you might miss that pick, but I, I mean, you got the side, the first Cy Young winner in team history. You had a chance to win the World Series, and you're still going to get back a really good pick. Sign me up every time for that move. Um, um, one other thing on Bauer, real sneaky. I, I've been trying to keep an eye on the Dodgers rotation. Um, 
because I want to see where um, Bauer lines up because they have that, that that series in late April against the Dodgers, and I want to map out to see if he starts against the Reds because that would be must-see must TV, a 10 o'clock game in L.A. Yeah. Uh, Reds, Bauer, oh, man, that, that's the kind of games that you just, you know, regular season you get up for, you're super excited about. That would be a lot of fun um, because I, I do think, as as good as Bauer was, I do think there's some guys on the Reds that did not love him, um, just from kind of some of the the emotions you saw. Uh, you know, especially that one game where he he uh, he got mad at um, I think it was Votto that made the air. Yeah. I, I think that would just that would be a uh, really exciting matchup and what I, I really want to see. So I, I really really hope we we get to see that and as soon as I get that. Uh, they, they've announced Kershaw the opening day start, but as soon as they see if he's going to start, you know, before or after uh, Walker Bueller, I'm going to be, I'm definitely going to be mapping that out because I definitely want to see, uh, see where he's at. That's the kind of thing where, like, I wish that. So you have the movie TV. You're pretty fond of the of the, of the product. Um, yeah, I have um, to watch the Reds. So <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I love the NBA. I cover the NBA. Like, I love League Pass, even though it sometimes it works awfully. But I feel like the one thing the NFL has baseball and basketball beat is the circumstance where like with NFL red zone, where it's like, hey, you know, Joe Burrow's got the Bengals at the 15 yard line. Are they going to score? Watch this clip right here. Like, I feel like when Bauer pitches and they play like the Padres, I want the notification to pop on my phone. that says like Trevor Bauer versus Fernando Tatis open the app now. Like that is like, you know, the must see that you, you talk about like Bauer going against the Reds, like. This Dodgers Padres thing already has some like some legs to it. We saw in spring training like they're getting really competitive already with each other, which is great. Baseball really needs that because the Yankees and the Red Sox rivalry hasn't been what it was for you know a couple decades now since the Red Sox started winning World Series. Uh, I know the Yankees have gotten one in that time frame, but like that day when like Nick, you're not going to hear me ever say a bad thing about Fernando Tatis. I love the fact that he has fun playing baseball. So like that's where I feel like. MLB TV could really boost getting subscribers because like I want that bottom of the you know bottom of the first they're in San Diego Manny Machado got on uh, he's on second Tatis is up watch the clip watch the at bat right here that's what I want yeah I 100% believe that that Bauer and the Padres will have beef at some point that seems like absolutely inevitable um they probably will be on a lot um even in like for people in Cincinnati um um, there's just not that many West Coast teams that play at 10 o'clock. So they'll probably be on MLB Network a lot um, and on, on ESPN. So I would imagine even if you don't get MLB TV, sorry, bad plug for them, you'll probably still be able to see them a lot. Um, but yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll definitely be beef. Um, I don't know if we got any more. I got one more from 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 Carlos. Um, uh, it says Garrett being reliable out of the pen makes him a little nervous, hittable fastball. Um, struggles with command at times, um, solid but medium control s- slider, um, um, and pretty much every hitter uh, dislikes him, uh, which is true, which, which is why you love him if he's on your team. Right. Um, I mean, I, look, I, I think the control's got to get better if he's going to be your, your top dude out of the bullpen, like I've, I've been saying. Um, he's, 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 his control's been pretty pretty uh, uh, below average every year. So, um yeah, I mean, but when he's on, he's on. Um, um, there is a lot of left-handed batters in the division. Um, like in the Cubs lineup, you know, um, you've got you've got Rizzo, um, you've got Hayward, who can't hit a lefty to save his life. Um, so um, um, that's why I don't want him just as the closer, because, you know, 
if if you have Rizzo and Hayward as as you know two of three guys in an order up in the eighth inning, Garrett should be pitching that inning, not the ninth inning. But if it's the ninth, vice versa. Um, 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 so yeah, I mean, I, I again, he's he's got to get the control better, but I still really love him when you got um, 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 a string of lefties. Um, the Brewers um, are a team that's got. Uh, a lot of left-handed batters, and even like um, 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 Hira is uh, actually has reverse splits where he um, he hits right-handed pitchers a lot better than left-handed pitchers. So uh, I definitely think there's a lot of really good spots for Garrett, uh, and I think that's where David Bell really shines is is finding who to use in what spot. You know, with Sims versus versus Garrett. So I really hope they don't they don't name one a closer and one not because I think they need to mix and match to make the most effective. Yeah, like we talked about last week, I feel like if they went the route of the 99 team, I'd be happy. All right, we will end here. I want to ask you this one last thing before we wrap up because we've gone. Oh, we all you, we did get Or Do you want to answer Will's question? Yeah, he said, have you guys been following the beef between Bauer and Syndergaard? And it's been fun. I feel like, um, you know, there's always this talk about, like, well, baseball doesn't do a good job marketing their players. Fair. But, like, yeah, it feels like the only marketing these days is like, are you on the cover of them will be the show? And that's like the only marketing. Um, but, you know, seeing like Trevor Bauer take on this personality, like you mentioned, there's a lot of people who really dislike him. I've kind of really dug it in the sense that like it gives like personality, you know, when Trevor Bauer goes into San Diego, like we said earlier, he's going to get booed. Uh, when he comes back to Cincinnati, you know, he might have a mixed reaction. I don't think the Dodgers and the Indians line up in early play this year, but that would be interesting to see how that reaction goes. Um you obviously living in Cleveland. Um, my fiance is a, her family is a Cleveland family. So I would be keeping tabs on the Indians when the Reds aren't playing is obviously. So yeah, man, like, you know, will, I have seen it. I love it. I need more of it. Um, you know, there was all that crap last year. I mentioned to earlier when he like had that bat flip and like stared at the ball and people like hated it. Like consider me new way of energy, but like I'm down for that stuff. I want that swagger on the field again. Like, I think that's why people loved Eric Davis so much was because he would hit home runs and he would like just be the coolest guy on the field. And it feels like we're kind of getting a little bit of that back. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm excited for baseball. I, I can't wait. Um, man, just, just like it, not even, it's not even always the games. It's just that, um, that every day during, you know, 162 games, you know, there's just something to be, interested in and, and looking at and following and that's just I think what makes baseball so cool is just over the course of a year and even if you only watch three or four games a week which obviously I watch a lot more than that but <laughs> even if you do you can still follow the team every day and it's it's just I, I'm, I'm excited I can't wait yeah I'm the same way all right Nick last question of the night before we get out of here what was weirder for you to see Todd Frazier in a Pirates jersey or Jay Bruce in Yankee pinstripes? Oh, wow. I I completely forgot that that Todd Frazier is on the Pirates. Um, I haven't seen anything about it. Do, do they think he's going to make the MLB roster? Does it, he signed a minor league deal, right? Yeah, Bruce signed a minor league deal with the Yankees, too. Okay. Um, I guess probably Frazier, just because it's the Pirates. Like, I don't Maybe this is maybe I'm Maybe this is weird and it's off. Um, but I feel like, I feel like Jay Bruce was like destined to be a Yankee. Like he kind of has that, like, yeah. like, like Jay Bruce this, like, you know, um, 
very polite, you know, with reporters and very like upstanding guy. Like he kind of seems like he should be a Yankee, you know, like, um, so I would go Frazier just because like it's an interdivision team. Um, yeah, I mean, thankfully Frazier's not very good. So at this point in his career, so, um, you know, now, now he'll probably get five home runs against the Reds this year. Now that I said that, but, um, yeah, I guess I would go Frazier just because like Bruce kind of always has had that, like, yeah, I could be a Yankee, you know, uh, uh, vibe. Uh. <laughs> I always loved that, like, for, like, the 50, 60 games he played for the Indians, the Cleveland fans loved him. Like, I always, like, thought that was fascinating when they were like, yeah, we traded for Bruce, we made a playoff run, we lost to the Yankees, but they're like, but Jay, he was, you know, he was great for us. And it's like, I never thought I would hear you guys say that, ever. They got they got good Jay. They got they, – <laughs> they I, huge Jay Bruce fan. Uh, I thought he was very underrated in his time here. Um, you know, he never turned out to be that superstar, but he had a really good career with the Reds. And honestly, the Reds got his best years. Because after he left the Reds, he wasn't very good other than those, like, two weeks in Cleveland. Um, um, but, yeah, I mean, they, they definitely got got the best of him, um, um, for sure. It's kind of weird, like, Indians fans like Jay Bruce more than Yasiel Puig, which, like, who would have thought that? <laughs> you know? Right. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. And they, they they also I think they, they had like their twenty two game win streak when he was on the roster. So I mean that kind of helps yeah. too. I mean they were winning every night. Even if Jay Bruce went over four, who cares? We won. You know our tenth straight or fifteenth straight. You know so that that kind of helps a little bit. Yeah, you, you you're like Jay Bruce to the Yankees thing. It always I always thought about like why it took so long for Adam Don to play for the A's because he was like the perfect Billy Bean player. Like yeah. they didn't they didn't care about striking out, but he got on base thirty eight percent of the time. Set. So yes, I know we can talk about nostalgic Reds all night. Let's go ahead and get this going and wrap this up. Uh, thank you all. Whether you were in the chat, you know, you had some questions for us. It's cool. Like this means a ton to us. Uh, we've been like really enjoying these past couple weeks. We can't wait to be back next week. We're going to be talking, we're the night before opening day next week. So guys, we are really going to literally be talking baseball. Um, so we're going to be discussing how we think the lineup's going to do our projections for the roster overall. Uh, we're excited for it. Thank you all again and have a great night. And we can't wait to be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.